Good evening. We are in the middle. I hope you're all well and everybody should be well, continue to be well. And all the recent scares should just be a scare and we should pass very soon, Metzashem. We are in the middle of discussing the halachas of Shvius. And just to inform you that this week is the last year before the winter holidays. The year two weeks time is in the middle of the winter, winter holidays, so it will be adjourned. And then we'll meet again in four weeks time, Be'ezus Hashem. But we will continue on the other half of Hilchah Shvius. Tonight I'd like to finish off the area of Shvius, which is relevant to us for the moment, and that's the halachas of Paris. I will try, if I remember, to get a list of vegetables and fruits that are going to be relevant in four weeks' time, so we can actually get a more clarity of what's in the shops. I'm not clear at the moment what fruits and vegetables are Israeli in the shops yet. There definitely are some potatoes, there are some bits and pieces, uh, some peppers, but I don't have a, a clear list. I will try and get that Blinader for four weeks' time. But let's t- continue to discuss the relevant halachas of Hilchus Shvius, fruits and vegetables of Shvius, which are pertinent to people living in Israel and sometimes pertinent to us living here in Chutzlaretz. In the previous year, we discussed the different types of fruits. We discussed the fruits which grow in Chutzlaretz, which, of course, do not have any halachas of Shmita attached to it. We discussed the halachas of fruits grown in Israel in a pot, in a plant pot. The plant pot can be a large plant pot. It can be a very extensive plant pot. If it has holes underneath, and again, it wasn't clear the size of the holes, but if it has holes underneath, then the produce that grows in that plant pot is considered shavias. If it doesn't have holes, it's a, a closed, sealed plant pot. Then we discussed it was not so clear whether it will have halachas or shavias. It won't have halachas or shavias. And the practice is to be makel if it's grown indoors in a closed plant pot. And we discussed the different parameters of that in the previous year. We then went on to discuss the halachas of yibul nochri, fruits grown in Eretz in land which has Kedushas Eretz on it, but owned by a non-Jew. So it's land in Eretz owned by a non-Jew. That's called yibul nochri, produce of a non-Jew, where that's a discussion, an argument between, a difference of opinion between the Besyosef and the Mabit. This is going back to roughly to the the end of the 14th, the beginning of the 15th century, the 1500s, end of the 1400s, beginning of the 1500s. So that's a, a very ancient machlekas. And the, the halacha is very much dependent on different minhagim, depending where you live and the minig of the area that you find yourself. Minig Yushalayim, minig Badatz is to be Mekel, minig Bnei Brak, and outside of Yushalayim is more often to be Machmed. And that, as we said, depends on the minig that you should follow. The Extension of that we discussed was was commonly known as hetemachira, the concept of selling Jewish land to a non-Jew or giving a present of Jewish land to a non-Jew. So it now becomes land owned by a non-Jew. So the produce in it will become yibul nochri. And if you take on yibul nochri is permitted, then we have a way around the problems of growing fruits and vegetables in Eretz and Shmita. And that was a huge controversy, as we discussed in the time of the Nitziv, and the Yisrael Chon Spectre, and raged from then up until the present day, whether one can rely on Yibel Nachri, on Hetemichir or not on Hetemichir. Understandably, you can only rely on Hetemichir if you're going to, to be lenient with regards to non-Jewish produce grown in Eretz and even then, there are those who say that you can't rely on the the present that you're giving to the non-Jew because clearly it's not a real present. It's only a, a 
cop out and a get out clause. And since it's not a real present, you should really be uh, relying on that get out. Others say you're not allowed to even give the land as a present. There's an Isaloi Sechonim, etc. And that was the controversy that raged going back uh, over 100 years up until where we are today. And then finally, we said that there's the Halach of Oitzabestin, the concept of an Oitzabestin, which is something which we've discussed a, a couple of times in the past, where Bestin take over the field. The field belongs to the Jewish owner. The Bestin pick the produce, they, they store the produce, and then they supply the, the produce to the population. Uh, uh, the cost of the work can be reclaimed from the people who are eating, but otherwise you can't charge for the, the fruits and vegetables, etc., as we explained, and that's called Oitzah Basin. That's a concept that exists in Eretz role. Today, I'd like to extend the discussion as to what happens and how one has to behave with fruits and vegetables of Shvi's. So we're going to run through the different halachas which are relevant to actually eating produce of Shvi's. And this may be relevant to us because we could, as we'll discuss a bit later, end up with produce of Shvi's in our kitchen. We could, by mistake, we could have cooked produce of, of Shvi's by mistake in our kitchen. But we'll, we'll go through all the parameters and hopefully get some clarity on what we can do and what we can't do with Peri Shvi's. First thing we have to understand with Peri Shvi's is that every edible part of that, that fruit must be eaten. So let's just pick an apple, for example, because that's probably the, the easiest way for us to understand. An apple, you have to eat as much of the apple as physically possible. What remains, well, the remains of the, the, the fruit that's left on the core, we'll discuss it in a moment. But the concept and the, the first concept of eating fruits of Shvi's are, that is that you must eat as much as you can. Various Shvi's must be eaten. What's left at the end of what you've eaten, so we'll talk about the apple, for the example, but it could be you cooked potatoes, it could be you cooked carrots, tomato, whatever it is, if there's any of that fruit or vegetables left after you're finished eating, it has Kedusha Shviz, and Kedusha Shviz cannot be mistreated. And therefore, you cannot throw it into a dustbin, because that's degrading the Kedusha of Shviz. You can't even put it together with other foods. Because that's again degrading for Kedusha Shvi's. What you need to do is you need to leave the food, which is Kedusha Shvi's, into a special bag, put it into a special bag, and you leave it in that bag until the fruits and vegetables begin to rot. Once it begins to rot and it's not edible anymore, then you can throw it away. So very clear here, you cannot mistreat Kedusha Shvi's. And that's why Kedusha Shvi's is such an issue that we need to get it right and we need to know what we're doing and we need to understand. It would be lovely for us to go to, to the shops and buy pairs of Etzisrael so we can support uh, our, our Jewish farmers and we can give them panasa, but we can't do that in Shvi's because we're going to buy pairs of Shvi's, we're going to end up with real issues. You've got to learn to eat it in its entirety and whatever's left cannot even be thrown away. And therefore in Etzisrael, most people are eating pairs of Shvi's buying from Oitzabestin, or whatever it may be, or have a special box and a special bag where they put the leftovers and they leave it to rot. Large institutions, such as yeshivas, schools, boarding schools, uh, these places where they, they go through a large amount of 
fruits and vegetables which are from Shvis, and for them to buy fruits and vegetables which come from Chutzlaritz, I know that in my yeshiva and the yeshiva that my son is, they only buy fruits and vegetables from Chutzlaritz in Shmita. They don't buy Israeli fruits because it's so problematic to deal with it. But not everybody is able and can afford to do that. And therefore, many institutions are buying from Oitzah based in large quantities, very large quantities of fruits and vegetables. Can you imagine the amount of potatoes you need to be able to supply Ponovich yeshiva with, uh, with, with Kugel just for Shabbos and Cholent? Just for Shabbos, so you're talking about hundreds and hundreds and a mere, the amount of potatoes and, 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 and vegetables are needed just to supply the bottom of mere with the, the food that they need to be able to exist and continue to, to thrive. You're talking about huge quantities. And in those quantities, there's going to be leftovers. And those leftovers all have Kedusha Shriyas. One thing you can be, you can be assured is that the Bochum do not care if it's got Kedusha Shriyas or not. They will leave on their plates leftover kugels, leftover cholent, that there will be enormous amount of leftover food. To put all that food every single day in a bag and wait for it to rot, you're going to need a whole uh, a whole uh, warehouse of old perishvies rotting in order to be able to find space to store all this perishvies. And therefore, when it comes to big, large institutions, the the poskim are a little bit more makel. They allow them to put it into a special sack. Special sacks are separate, so it's separated from all other rubbish. It's separated from all other foods. A sack which won't break and won't tear. And then you can put it into the, into the, into the rubbish as normal because that's the least degrading for this food. If you're going to put this food in and you're going to try to dispose of this food in any other way, it's going to end up coming to some sort of, of, uh, desecration of the Kedusha Shriyas. And therefore they felt the best way to treat it, put it in a bag, in a plastic bag. It'll decompose over time. It won't fall out the bag because the bag is sealed. And, and won't break. It's, it's got some some uh, flexibility to it, and therefore you're decomposing it in a derech covered, something which is fit for Paris of Shvis. So that's the basic background to Paris Shvis. Must be treated with the relevant approach that Shvis must the Shvis demands of us, and that is we've got to make sure that we eat and any every as much as we can of the of the fruits and vegetables and. Whatever, whatever's left over is going to be decomposed before you can throw it away. It doesn't have to be completely decomposed. It has to be begun to rot that it's not going to be edible anymore. What would happen if a person made a salad out of... Well, that's not very good. A person made a salad. If a person made a salad... I think they should put a notice on the phone that uh, there's a shear in progress. Now, please do not phone. If a person made a salad with Paris of Shvies, right? If you try to call me now, I won't hear it. If a person makes a salad out of Paris of Shvies, but the salad has many other different ingredients in it as well. So you now have a mixture of fruits, which are Shvies fruits, and fruits which are not vegetables and fruits which are shvies and some which are not shvies. What do you do with the leftovers? Now, understandably, ideally, you should be eating as much as you can. You should eat it all if you can. But if you can't, then what do you do with the leftovers? Here you have a mixture of fruits which are fruits and vegetables which are shvies and fruits and vegetables which are not shvies. And Allah tells us that you're not obligated to try and separate the different types of fruits and vegetables that you have in this salad. That means you don't have to try and separate the non Perishries from the perishries. You allow to leave them as a mixture, no problem to leave them as a mixture. Put the whole mixture in the bag and allow it to rot together. 
on Shabbos, you anyway have a problem. You couldn't do that because on Shabbos, trying to separate one from the other would be a malacha of boyer. And therefore, you have no choice but to put it all in the bag together and allow it to rot before you throw it away. If a person made a soup out of perishvies, so you made a soup out of perishvies, that means you have some of the vegetables in the fruit, in the soup. So you have a vegetable soup. Some of the vegetables are shviz. Some of them are not shviz. Then, but since you cooked it all together, then the whole soup now takes on the kedusha shviz. Because when you cook vegetables and fruits of shviz and the, the liquid that you've cooked it in becomes better, more tastier, more edible because of it, then that, that liquid will take on the kedusha of shviz. So any soup, which of course the purpose of the soup is that the water that you add into the, into the mixture will then, as you cook it, will become uh, nicer tasting and therefore becomes better. It will then have Kedusha Shvis attached to it. And therefore you can't throw it away, the, the leftover of the soup. If you have a little bit of soup left over in the pot, a bit left over in the plate, you can't remove that soup. You have a bit of a problem. So what do you do? How do you get rid of old soup? Leave it lying around, you're risking. Leave it lying around, you're risking. It's going to take a long time for that soup to go off. May may not have no idea. So what you can do is either rely on the leniency of the what we mentioned a moment ago. You put it in a bag, but make sure you don't fill the bag. You put it in a bag where there's a bit more flexibility, and then you throw it away. You seal the bag and you throw it away. So you put it in a plastic bag and you tie the top. So, and you throw it in the dustbin, that way the liquid will remain in the bag, so it's not in, in a degrading, you're not treating it in, in a, a manner which is degrading to Kedusha Shvies, and it'll eventually go off and become inedible. Or, some people allow you to leave it outside of the fridge. Now, one of the halachas of the fruits and vegetables of Shvies are that you're not allowed to do anything to it that's going to make it rot quicker. Because then you are mistreating the Kedusha Shviz. So to take Perish Shviz and put it in a compost heap is forbidden because by doing that, you're, you're encouraging the, the fruits and vegetables to become decomposed, to become rotten. And that's forbidden. You have to leave it to, to rot in its own, from its own natural, you know, out of its own natural state itself, the way it normally would when you just leave it. So here we have a problem. We have soup. Our normal place we would keep the soup would be in the fridge. In the fridge, it would last a few weeks. If you leave it out of the fridge, it will probably go off in a few days. Are you allowed to leave it out of the fridge or do you have to put it in the fridge and let it rot in the fridge? Now, this is many poskim who say that you can leave it out of the fridge because the fridge is, leaving out of the fridge is not adding to its ability to decompose quicker. That's the natural state of the soup. Putting in a fridge is preserving it. You're not obligated to preserve soup so that it doesn't, so that it doesn't decompose. You're not allowed to make it go off quicker but you don't have to preserve it. So therefore, leaving it out, and that could be a very simple answer. You leave it in a, in a box and in, in the pot out for, for a couple of days. Most, most vegetable soups will not become, will become non-edible after a short while. And then once they're not edible, you can then go and throw it away. Same applies if you made a cholent or any other type of stew out of fruits and vegetables or cholent out of potatoes, etc., and beans. 
where the purpose of the beans and the, and the potatoes is to enhance the liquid that's inside as well. So when you make a challenge, you put in potatoes and beans and meat and onions and, and, and I don't know what you add. If you add some mustard, you don't add mustard, you add ketchup, you don't add ketchup. I'm not much of a cook, but the, then you add water and you fill up the pot with water. And the, the purpose is that it all cooks together and it becomes a challenge. It becomes an edible challenge. The liquid becomes better and more edible with the cooking process. So therefore that liquid then takes on the state and the kadusha of shvius and you have the same problem as you have with the soup. So if you have leftover challenge, which was cooked with potatoes or beans of Kedusha Shvies, then you have to, you have to remove it and, distra- and, and uh, throw it away in the manner that Kedusha Shvies demands. And which is the same manner as we said with the soup, you put it in a bag and throw it away. If you have no other answer, if you have no other, other way to get rid of it, put it in a bag, seal the bag and throw it away. Or you leave it out until it begins to become rancid, goes off, and then you can throw it away. However, if you boil potatoes, for example, you want to make mashed potatoes, so you boil the potatoes in water, you then take the potatoes out and you have some uh, potatoed water, I don't know how you would describe that water, uh, left in the pot. Now, water which you boil potatoes in is not particularly nice and it's not very appetizing. doesn't improve, the water has not become improved by the fact that you've boiled potatoes inside it. Probably on the contrary, it's become worse, less edible. Therefore, since it's not improved by the by the cooking of those potatoes inside that water, that water does not take on Kedusha Shrius. And you can actually discard that water down the sink without any added parameters, any other halachas attached to it at all. Fruits and vegetables that you peel. Fruits and vegetables that you peel depends very much on the type of fruit and vegetable that you're talking about. Is the peel edible? Is the peel not edible? So certain peels are definitely edible and therefore will have Kedusha Shvies. Uh, example, a peel of a cucumber is for sure edible and it will have Kedusha Shvies. I think the rind of a watermelon is definitely not edible and won't have Kedusha Shvies. Apple, orange apple, for sure the peel is edible and will have Kedusha Shvies. An orange, debatable. Is the peel of an orange edible, is it not? They do make a candied orange peel, but I don't know if that therefore makes peel, orange peels into something which is edible or not. Again, the rind of a lemon, same, same issue. Is it edible, is it not edible? Yes, you sometimes grate it and put it on in, 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 into a dish or onto some dessert. Not sure if peels of oranges and apples, uh, oranges and, and lemons, etc., are considered royal achila. But there are definitely peels of other fruits and vegetables which are royal achila. And if it's royal achila, then it has kedusha shvis. The tomato is royal achila. The, the peel of a tomato is royal achila. All these types of fruits and vegetables, where the fruit, the, the plums and peaches, they're all royal achila, and the peel therefore will have kedusha shvis. If you decide to peel your apple because you, you don't like the spray that's on, on, the, on the outside of it, and you think that you imagine it's really dangerous, as dangerous as the vaccination is, and therefore you're really worried about those peels, and you peel it, you have to put those peels in the bag together with your kedusha shvis fruits uh, food and allow it to rot before you throw it away. Pips, which you have, you find inside a fruit. So you may find an apple, you may find a plum, a peach, 
These are slightly more relevant, peach and plums, etc. And there's many other fruits that have large avocados, they have large pips. The pip is not edible, and the pip definitely does not have Kedusha Shvis. Now, the, every single pip, particularly a, a peach and a plum, they're, they're, the, the pip is ridged, got ridges in it, and therefore sometimes inside those ridges there's bits of fruit left. Or even on the outside of a pip of a avocado, even though it's smooth, will sometimes have small amounts of the avocado left on it. Are you to completely suck that pip clean, or do we say that that's considered part of the pip and not normally eaten, and therefore doesn't have kedusha shvius? That's a huge machlekes aposkim. That's a huge machlekes aposkim. Some poskim say that the small remnants of fruit which is left on the pip is not does not have kedusha shvius. Others say it does. And the minigineth is to the best of my knowledge. Please correct me if you know differently. The minigineth is to throw those pips into the, into the bag where the Kedusha remains and you wait till it becomes inedible. The, the fruits and vegetables which are left on the pips becomes inedible and then you discard it by throwing it into the bin. If you have finished eating your cholent, now most people uh, brought up with a bit of manners and do not lick their plate clean. So you brought up, you, you finish your cholent and there's a little bit of remnant left on the plate. But that cholent was made with Kedusha Shvius. This could be with any dish that you make, any fruit that you eat. If there's remnants left on the plate, what do you do with those remnants? Are you allowed to wash it up normally? Or are you not allowed to wash it up normally? And the answer is that is permitted. You're allowed to wash it normally because that's considered a normal way of eating. A normal way of eating is to leave uh, small, we're talking about just a small remnant, not real food, just a remnant on the plate. It's normal to leave the remnants on the plate, and therefore it, the, it loses its Kedusha Shvius, and you do not need to treat it in any other way than you would any other remnants of food. And you can wash it under your, in your sink, under the tap, with uh, soap, and clean your plate as normal. There's another halach with, which is relevant to, to Perish Shvius and fruits and vegetables, and that is it can only be dealt with, treated. It can only be used in the normal manner. You cannot use fruits of vegetables, fruits and vegetables or shvies in an unusual way. That means you can only use it for eating and in and eating and you can only prepare it in the normal way that you would normally prepare these types of fruits and vegetables. So for example, cooking fruits. Now if those fruits are fruits that you would normally cook or are often cooked, it's derech for people to cook, then you're allowed to cook them on shri- when they have Kedusha Shvius too. If it's a type of fruit and vegetable that's not normally cooked, I'm going to give you a really off-the-wall example, but you know what, in today's world, anything goes. But cooking, for example, watermelon. I've never cooked watermelon. I don't think my wife's ever cooked watermelon. I don't know how many of you have cooked watermelon. But I would r- risk to suggest that watermelon is still not derech to be cooked. It's not the norm for watermelon to be cooked. And therefore, a watermelon with, a watermelon with Kedusha Shvies would be forbidden to be cooked. You have to eat it raw. <coughs> Squeezing fruits is permitted but only if it's normal to squeeze those fruits. To squeeze a fruit that's not normal to squeeze, 
is forbidden. You cannot squeeze fruits that are not normal. You can only squeeze to make turn into a liquid, a fruit that is normal to be squeezed. However, when you squeeze those fruits, you must try and squeeze as much as you can of that fruit out so that you're minimizing the leftover Kedusha Shriyas. You squeeze and squeeze and squeeze and squeeze much more than you would squeeze on a normal non-Kedusha Shriyas fruit to make sure that you've removed and you've uh, extracted as much as you can of the Kedusha Shriyas from this fruit. There are some Poskim who say best to avoid Shita altogether because there are issues, as we mentioned, but the minig is to be makel, the minig is to be makel, and we allow squeezing of fruits where it's normal to be squeezed. Mashing is a little bit more problematic, because you can only mash if it's the derech to mash. Now, there's two types of mashings that we sometimes come across in our kitchen. We've discussed this with regards to Hilchas Brochus. We discuss this at length. There's a plain mashing with a fork, or the back of a spoon, just mashing a potato with a fork. But you can also sometimes blend the food to make it much smoother. So you'll have blended mashed potato. So it's a much smoother mashed potato. I don't know why, but that's become uh, quite fashionable. So you make blended potatoes. Now, you can only mash or blend a fruit or vegetable that it's normal to mash or blend. In the same way that you can only squeeze a fruit or vegetable that's normal to be squeezed to turn into juice, you can only mash a vegetable or fruit that's normal to be mashed. If it's normal to be mashed, then you can mash it, you can blend it. If it's not normal to be mashed, you can mash with a fork. Meaning that is, you can always mash with a fork because mashing with a fork is not considered a, a destroying the fruit. So you can take a, a, I don't know what, uh, banana and, ma- and mash it with a fork, no problem because you're not destroying it. If it's normal to blend bananas, then you can blend bananas as well. If it's not normal, then you can't. So a mashed potato, for example, you would mash with a fork, and you could sometimes mash with a blender, and that's considered normal. So on shrias, you'd be allowed to take potatoes with Kedusha shrias, mash it with a fork, or, or blend it with a blender. Uh, a banana, I don't know, I don't think it's normal to blend bananas, so then you'll be able to mash with a fork and, 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 and not blend with a blender at all. What's... Yeah. Can I ask a question? Of course. Yeah. What about if you're doing it for somebody who can't eat a regular food? So, so for children. Yeah. And I assume that would the same would apply for a chayla. Yeah. Then one's allowed to mash because for them that's normal. And even with the blender. Even with a blender, whatever's necessary for them to be able to eat it. Thank you. The rule is, and we'll just reiterate it, whatever's normal, meaning normal doesn't mean you need a majority of people doing it. So I don't know if a majority of people blend potatoes or blend. I have no idea. I've never, never gone out and taken a statistic. But whatever's regular and normal, what regular people might do and some do do, that's called normal. That's derech. If it's a derech, you can, you can then treat the perishries in that manner. If it's not the derech, then you can't. Then you can't. Using fruits and vegetables or shvias for other uses other than eating is forbidden. So, for example, you can't make medicines out of fruits and vegetables of shvias. So all the medicine world has to import, if they're using any extract of fruits and vegetables, they have to make sure they've imported it from abroad. They can't use it on Kedusha, can't use the Kedusha shvias pears. Here's a very interesting halacha. Havdala with wine from Kedusha shvias. 
where the minigays shaftem mayim besosoin, and the wine of havdala we try to pour, and we pour a little bit over, so you should spill over the the cup into the plate below. Mishnah Burr says you mustn't allow it to spill too much because that's baltashkis, but just a small amount we we allow it to spill over. What do you do if your wine has kedusha shvis? So you're then going to be pouring into the into the plate, and you're going to spill it over. By spilling it over, you are wasting wine. You're wasting Kedusha Shvis. That's forbidden. You can't do that. So wine or Shvis, when it comes to Abdullah, you have to fill the cup and that's it. No more. If it did spill, you can't, you can't extinguish your candle, though that's the minig to extinguish your candle, your candle in the leftover wine and the spilled wine. You can't do that in Shvis because by, by extinguishing your candle, you're using the wine for something other than eating. And that's forbidden. The same would apply if you use wine on Leil Seder, where we have the minute when it comes to the makas and the sach, adash v'achav, where we put our little finger in and we, or a spoon, depending on, on your minute, and you, you spill out a little bit of that wine onto the side of the plate, which then gets thrown out because it's not edible. We don't eat it. We don't drink it. That would be a problem. You're then wasting Kedusha Shvi's. You cannot waste Kedusha Shvi's, not even for the 10 makas and the And so too, it's forbidden to give foods which are foods for human, human food, which is there for human consumption, and then give that to eat to a animal. So if you have a cat, and if you have a dog, I hope you haven't got a dog, but if you do have a dog, you can't give your cat and dog foods. Say you make a cholent, and you want to give your cat or dog cholent, and that challenge is made with potatoes and everything from Kedusha Shviz, you may not give that to your animal. It's forbidden to give Michael Adam, food that's there for human beings, and edible for human beings, to animals. You can give animal food to animals, even though the animal food may have Kedusha Shviz, but you can't give human, foods that are set aside, that are fit for human, to, to animals. You can't eat raw fruit, fr- fruits and vegetables that are not edible when they're raw or not fully cooked. If it's normal for them to be eaten when they're cooked, you cannot eat them when they're raw. So if you like raw chips, I know somebody who likes raw chips here and there. Uh, it's their favorite pastime is snacking on a raw chip. That is forbidden if those chips, those potatoes have Kedusha Shvis. So too, any other benefit that you want to derive from Perishvius can only be can only be taken and only be had from Perishvius if it's Hanason or be Uron Shava. It's gotta be where the removal of the Shvius from this world and the benefit to the to the to the mankind it happens simultaneously. And we discussed that with regards to turning a a broom, a a lull of broom into a a lull of into a broom. As we discussed early on in the halachas of Shvius in the in the, the series of Shurim a few a few months ago. I don't remember exactly when it was. So therefore here as well, you can only derive benefit. Eating is the primary benefit because it's Hanason, Bibur and Shava. If you find any other benefit out of that, then fine. If not, it's forbidden. So for example, if you want to use a lemon to squeeze over a stain, because in in the Hamadiyah it said to you that the best thing to do for that stain is squeeze lemon on it. You cannot use lemon of Kedusha Shvi's. Because using lemon or Kedusha Shvi's is using it for something which is not Hanason or Biuran Shava. You cannot use it for that benefit. You can use it for eating, but not for, for anything like that.
You are, however, allowed to use fruits and vegetables to smear. So I don't know. You have oil, which is Kedusha Shviz, and you like to smear oil on you, which was definitely something they did in the olden days. You want to smear the oil, then you can smear oil on you on Shviz, because that's called Hanasun Shava. We have a rule, Sicha Kishtia, smearing onto, smearing oil onto a person is as if you've drunk it. Drinking, smearing and drinking is the same, so therefore you're allowed to be soch, you're allowed to smear Kedusha Shviz, if that's the normal thing to do, onto the person, and that's called Hanason Ebuyur and Shavar. Interestingly, you can also use oil of Kedusha Shviz for Neir Shabbos, because there it's Hanason Ebuyur and Shavar. As it burns from this world, as it gets burnt, gets drawn up through the wick into the, to the, by the flame, and that gives the, the flame the fuel to be able to, to be able to burn, we benefit from that light at the same time, simultaneously as the oil is being being removed from this world as it's being burnt. And therefore it's called Hanasan Bi'ur and Shav and therefore it's permitted. Where it's not so simple is for Neris Chanukah. On many Paschal we say that you're not allowed to use Shvi's oil for Neris Chanukah. And the reason why there's a difference between oil for Chanukah and oil for Shabbos is very simply, oil for Shabbos is there to benefit you. The primary reason why we light lights on a Friday night is to, to have Shalom bias. So there should be peace in the home. You shouldn't be tripping over the, the furniture. You shouldn't be you shouldn't be hitting each other. You should be able to see what you're doing. Therefore, Shalom Bayes is the reason why we light Friday night candles. So it's there for our benefit. Then the benefit and the Bi'ur Amin Oilam, it's removed from this world, happens simultaneously. Therefore, you're allowed to do that. You're allowed to use that Kedusha Shri's oil for your Friday night lights. Whereas when it comes to Hanukkah lights, the lights of Hanukkah are not allowed to be, you're not allowed to benefit from. It's forbidden to benefit from the lights of Hanukkah. That's why we have a shamash. That's why we don't actually use the lights of Hanukkah at all. Now, since we're not using it, it's also to benefit from it, then is one allowed to use oil of shvius for your Hanukkah lights? Do we say, well, I'm benefiting in the, in the context of a mitzvah. I fulfilled a mitzvah with, with this oil, so I've benefited in the context of the mitzvah. Or do we say, no, since you're not actually benefiting directly from it, you're using and removing Kedusha Shvi's oil from this world without you having direct benefit. That's forbidden. And therefore, there are, there are Paschim who say that you should not use it for Hanukkah oil. There's another halach which is relevant to us, and this is really relevant to us, and that is that fruits of Shvi's may not be sent out of Etzisrael. Fruits of Shvi's may not be exported from Etzisrael to Chutzlaritz. The fact that we have Israeli fruits here is problematic in the sense that somebody has transgressed the, the, the prohibition of sending them out unless they are people who rely on the Hetemechira and that's why they've sent it here. But for us, if we don't rely on the Hetemechira, then sending fruits out of Israel is problematic. If they arrive in Chutzlaritz, there's a, a Machlekes Aposkim, are you allowed to actually eat them? Is it permitted to be eaten? Is it not permitted to be eaten? Many Paschal say it's not permitted to be eaten. Once they've been removed from Etzisrael against the Halacha, then they may not be permitted to be eaten. However, the minig is that if we do have Kedusha Shvi's Paris here in Chutzlaritz, up until a certain time, which I'll explain to you in a moment, they are allowed to be eaten. They're allowed to be eaten. Are you allowed to export Paris of Shvi's for a mitzvah? For example, is one allowed to export Esroigim from Etzisrael to, to Chutzlaritz? 
in order to allow, enable people to fulfill their mitzvah of Dalad Minim and the best Asregim or Israeli Asregim. You can't get, there's not sufficient Asregim and Chutzlars to be able to, to supply the, the amounts, amounts of Asregim that are needed for everybody to fulfill their mitzvah on Sukkot. And therefore most Paskim, many Paskim, not all, many Paskim will allow fruits to come to Chutzlars for a mitzvah. And that's why the Minig up until now has always been that Perius Chutzlars of Shvi's are sent to Chutzlars. They're sent in very controlled amounts and they're sent in with very strict rules. And some people have a, a, a minute to, to send it back to Etisrol. So it shouldn't actually be considered left Etisrol. We send it straight back. But our Kaponim ones allowed to export for a mitzvah and that seems to be the accepted custom in Chutzlars. However, where it becomes a bit more complicated, the concept of eating fruits and vegetables, particularly for us in Chutzlars, but in Etisrol as well. But here we don't have all the the, uh, the announcements of times, etc., etc., is the halacha is that you can only eat your fruits and vegetables or shvi's as long as there is min basada. That type of fruit and vegetable is still left in the field. So there's enough fruits and vegetables for people to go to the field and pick and eat. Once it's been completely harvested from the fields and there's nothing, nothing of that type of fruit or vegetable left in the field, then you have to remove all the fruits and vegetables from your home. You have to put them outside and you have to make them hefka. You have to completely make them hefka. You have to stand there and say, this is hefka. If it was made hefka and you happen to be the first one who can grab it, you've got to leave it on the floor and you've got to make it hefka. So if there's somebody standing next to you and you say hefka and he grabs it, it's his. If you, there's nobody there, you make a bigger public announcement. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Hefka. And nobody comes and takes it. Then you pick it up yourself. You can reacquire it. And then you're allowed to eat it with Kedusha Shreves. If you do not make it Hefka, and this is where it becomes problematic for us. If it, you do not make it Hefka, you own Kedusha Shreves, and you do not make it Hefka, and the time for bill, the time for removal passes, if you intended to make it Hefka, but you just didn't know the time, that's okay. And you can be mafkrit when you, as soon as you realize the time has passed and you can be, you can, and you can reacquire it. If nobody else picks it up in the meantime, you can reacquire it and eat it. If however, it's, it was not made hefka and the zaman bio, the time for removal has passed, then they become forbidden to be eaten. And that's problematic for us because there will be a time, not so long, not so long in the future where the Zman bill will be passed. There'll be none of these fruits and vegetables left. Different fruits and vegetables will be different times. There'll be none of these fruits and vegetables left in the fields. And then it's passed Zman bill. When it's passed Zman bill, if it wasn't made Hefka, we can't eat it. So it then ends up being that the fruits and vegetables that are exported after Zman bill for us are forbidden to be eaten. They really are forbidden to be eaten. So practically speaking, let's just run through a... So the, the practicalities of what we've discussed. So, for example, we'll go through a few examples of fruits and vegetables and then come out with the general rule at the end how one should approach shvius. For example, you eat an orange. An orange can be eaten raw and you can squeeze an orange. You've got to squeeze the orange as much as you can. The peel, just not clear whether the peel has kudusha shvius or doesn't have kudusha shvius. Apple can be eaten raw. You can eat it cooked because people eat cooked apples. They do make apple stew. They make, uh, they eat apple cooked. So you can eat it raw. You can eat it cooked. It can also be squeezed. Apple juice is a very, very common drink in today's society. So therefore you can even squeeze apples and make an apple drink out of it too. Avocado can be eaten raw. One doesn't normally, it's not a derech to cook avocado. It can be mashed with a fork. 
one doesn't usually blend avocado. If you tell me I'm wrong, today it's become fashionable to blend avocado, then you can blend avocado too. But I am not aware that it's become fashionable to blend avocado. So you can eat it raw, you can mash it with a fork, but you can't blend it. If you take a banana, a banana can be eaten raw, it can be mashed with a fork, or even blended for a baby or for a unwell person. The same would apply to an avocado, you can blend it uh, even smoother for an unwell person or for a baby. Potatoes can be eaten cooked, not raw. can be eaten cooked, they can be mashed, they can be blended, because that's absolutely fine, that's a normal way for eating potatoes. The peel of a potato is problematic, because when you peel the potato, there'll be quite a bit of potato left on it. Then that peel has edible potato on it. You have to make, allow it to, to rot. If you get the peel off without any potato there, then you can just discard it. Because the potato peel, I'm not actually sure. You can actually boil potato peels and you can eat them. So it could be they're edible. So therefore you have to put it, potato peel, you have to put in the bag and allow it to rot. Plums can be eaten raw, can be eaten cooked. A carrot can be eaten raw, can be eaten cooked. You can make a lot of these into soups. Some of these uh, carrots you can put into soups, etc. Tomatoes can be eaten raw, can be eaten cooked, because I think we do cook tomatoes. Um, I think it's derech to cook a tomato. Uh, you make soups out of it, you add it into an egg. We do cook tomatoes at times, so it can be eaten raw, can be eaten cooked. Uh, Sharon fruit, for example, can only be eaten raw. I don't know of anybody who cooks Sharon fruits. Uh, watermelon, as we discussed, can be eaten raw, can't be eaten cooked. Peel. As long as there's no watermelon left on it, or if there's only a tiny amount, that would be, bring us back to the original discussion. But the peel itself is not edible, and therefore does not need to be discarded with Kedusha Shviz, can be thrown away in the normal manner. So let's just recap, not without going through everything that we've learned. Let's just give us we'll a general... Please. Sorry? That wasn't meant for me, I understand. So practically speaking, let's... Best is for people to avoid buying fruits and vegetables, particularly in this country, from Eretz Yisrael with Kedusha Shviz. The halachas are so complex, as we've discussed so far, the, all the backgrounds of the halachas and, and the way one has to treat the, the fruits and vegetables, it's so complicated, best not to buy. I know it sounds horrible, and it really is, if it sounds disloyal to, to all our farmers, but there's not much we can do. That's the best way to approach Shviz. Best to buy from a shop where it's clear. The boxes are clear. You know for sure that the fruits and vegetables are not coming from Etisrol. Relying on the non-Jew is very difficult because we've, we've seen firsthand that non-Jews do not tell us the honest truth. Shop owners do not say the honest truth. They're desperate to sell the wares. The, the markets change the boxes because they don't want the, the Arabs to know where it's coming from. So it's very difficult to rely on the verbal... Uh, witness of the suppliers one really to, one really needs to know where it's coming from buying from tesco and the supermarkets we said if you buy the packets which has the label clearly written on it where it's come from then you're much safer you're much safer if you did buy fruits and vegetables which have kadusha shvies then you have to treat them in the manner as we discussed if you're going to use them to can cook them which you may if it's before the Zman Bio, then you have to be careful and treat it with Kedusha Shviz, as we've discussed this evening, exactly with Kedusha Shviz, make sure that the waste gets put in the right in the right places, you don't uh, throw it into the dustbin, etc., etc. We aren't living with Kedusha Shviz on a day-to-day basis, so it's really difficult for us to actually 
keep the, the halachas of shviz properly. Therefore, my, my advice to you is if you do inadvertently buy fruits of shviz, do not return them to the shop because you're not allowed to, as we discussed in the past. But you're probably best off just to leave them to rot. Uh. It might take a few months, but at least you won't end up into trouble. If you do want to cook them, make sure you revise the halachas that we've discussed today, that you're very clear in, in, in knowing what you are and what you cannot do with those fruits. That gives that brings us to the end of basically the basic guidelines for treating perishries. They're complex. There are quite a lot of nuances to it, quite a lot of halachas. Um, it's something that we really need to have the forefront of our mind. If we were living in Etisrael and eating it all the time, we would we would be able to, like we keep Shabbos without any without any problem, we'll be able to keep Shavis without any problem. But here we primarily eat non-Kedusha Shavis, fruits and vegetables. Uh, it's very difficult for us to actually implement those halachas. So best to avoid if we can. If you can't, then make sure you've done a, a very good chazorah and you've rehearsed everything that we've discussed today. And if you can treat them with the, with the correct halachas of Kedusha Shavis, and you can eat them with the greatest of pleasure, unless it's past the Zman Bio, which there hopefully will be times, there will be notices going out, which will tell us when the Zman Bio for different products, different produce is. I hope that's uh, clear. In four weeks' time, we'll come back, we'll begin to talk a second area of Shvi's, which is relevant to us, and that's monetary matters on Shvi's, what's known as Shmitas Ksofim. The halacha of Shvi's, which is relevant to money, which we'll discuss with Hashem in the coming Shurim. I wish you all a very good night. I hope you're all well. We hope this uh, new pandemic disappears. And we can all carry on living our life together, joining each other's simchas and staying healthy. Thank you very much and a very good night. Can you ask a question, Gerard? Of course you can ask a question. Um, is it allowed to use fruits or vegetables with kedusha shvirs for decorating maybe a table, maybe a simcha? In your you can home. use them for decorating, but you've got to you've got to eat, eventually eat them. You have to eat them. Yeah. Sometimes people make like a, a pram out of a watermelon. No, no. Like so I don't know if you're allowed to do that. that, that you, you're going to end up wasting a lot of the fruit and veg, which you're not allowed to. You couldn't put a display then in the centre. So you may you maybe can, but I don't know if that's I don't know. Ask me a question. I don't know. And right. I would just be nervous because when you make displays, you're cutting off bits and pieces of fruit and vegetables. That's true. Yes. Thank you.